Hello and welcome back to another episode of Storytime with Desi. Holy crap, it feels so good to be doing this again. I have missed doing this. Believe me, I know I haven't posted in a very long time, but I do miss doing this. Well, uh, where to start? First off, I deeply apologize for me and my team's lack of work for the past month or so. That was completely unintentional. Please trust me on that. We fully meant to be back on schedule, but more things just kept on pushing, pushing us to um, push the episode way farther back than I had anticipated. But now we are back with a fire that we wanted, that we really do want to get back on track, and we want to bring back content. And actually, one of the announcements that we are making this episode is that. We are going to be able to get even more content from a certain uh, group at the East Korean Technical Academy in Las Vegas from their creative writing club as they will be featuring some of their stories with us on our YouTube channel. So if you guys are interested in that and want to get more variety of content and different stories and different ways of writing stories then please go to our youtube and check that out so that way you can help not support just us but support young teenagers and students that might want to choose a career path in writing so please go over there help support them as you can also help support us so that way we can continue to help them and get their work out there to get them heard because it's not just the big guys that get to have a listen Sometimes the little guys gotta have a bit of attention too. You know what I mean? Anyways, me and my team are gonna more or less really kind of, I don't want to say force, but we are gonna try to get ourselves back on that schedule, get posting every two weeks. And hopefully you guys will enjoy our work like you guys have in the past. And once again, I deeply apologize for the long pause. Yeah, that was totally unintentional. But I do really think that it was a bit needed. Because, you know, sometimes writers just need a break for a little while. So that way they can come back to their stories refreshed and replenished to finish off the story and bring you guys a well-deserved ending. But we aren't going to be ending Middle Plague that early. No, 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 no. We still got a long ways to go, so don't worry. You stuck with us for quite a while before we end that story. But on our YouTube channel, you'll be able to hear more stories at a faster rate instead of just waiting for us to take a really long time to finish just one story just so we can move on to the next. So, yeah, please go check us out on there. So, to get back to Metal Plague and our story hello to any new viewers if there are any new ones out there uh, and we hope you guys enjoy the shows and for our recurring audience we hope you guys uh, maybe caught up on some of the past episodes to you know refresh your memory but now sit back relax maybe grab a snack or if you're doing chores then just you know put this on in the background and just continue on listening alright Metal Plague Chapter 15 Story Time Crates and boxes subtly swayed as we rested in one of the trains, calming 
rocking carts while it glides along the tracks, slowly but steadily creeping towards its next destination. It managed to envelop our little troop in a sense of sleep that nearly took us all by storm. Gilbert and Lewis had already drifted off to sleep as they rested their heads upon one another. Crickets and few chirps from the creatures of the night filled the empty silence of snores and dreams. I had the door of the cart cracked open, enough for me to dangle my feet over the edge. The rush of the cold winter breeze blew over my face and shoulders. The cold stung me once it hit my wound, but my body relaxed enough for the cold to soothe it. Each breath I let out left behind a white smoke that matched the cool white land before us. Trees grew ice instead of leaves, and the soil was covered with snow which reminded me of Ash. I've only ever remembered one winter from my past, which resembled the landscape before me. My mother had taken me to the forest to see the snow until we found a field of wild flowers popping out of the ice. It was a beautiful sight. Something like vibrant colors splashed against the canvas. I, I remember our laughs as we threw small balls of snow and inhaled the faint aroma emanating from the flowers as we lay in the clearing. Mother, what should I do? I look up to the shining moon, searching for any signs that might show that maybe she's listening. Well, I think you should stop talking to yourself like a loony. Turning beside me, I hear a thump as Elaine takes a seat next to me. A loony? I ask, shooting a smirk her way for the comment. Yeah, you're a loony, and that's saying something. I've met all kinds of loonies, but none like you. How so? What's so different about me? Well... Elaine scratches her head to think. It was entertaining to see her ponder what made me so special from what other loonies she's seen. Admittedly, I did find it amusing that she even thought of me as such, since some would render me as a boy beyond my years with the various inventions I've made, but... Most just looked at me like another piece of the earth. Nothing special, nothing intelligent, nothing promising, nothing alive. Just something else to walk over, something to be ignored. Well, for starters, how about that display back in the station? What was that all about? Lane toned herself to make it sound like she was making a joke but it was easy to see that she was curious as to what had happened. Well, yes, I've had episodes like that before. I've always had Gilbert to help me through it. Silence had fallen between us since I had no way of explaining it without sounding like I belong in an asylum. Was it something that has to do with something from before? Before? 
Yeah, you know, before you ran? I was not one for being open since it took me almost a year to even talk to someone like Gilbert when I arrived at the orphanage. But I suppose even back then I was able to open up. What if it was? I know people are supposed to move on when they leave something behind. But this is something that can't be thrown to the wind. My voice wavered when I first started talking. The images of the red grass and the glass eyes are hard to forget. I had expected Elaine to tell me to stop acting like a child or and more like a man, but her response was surprising. That's okay. You don't have to move on so quickly. It took me my entire life to move on from the fact that I wasn't wanted. Elaine bit her lower lip, trembling a bit, but she tensed up after a while. Her baggy coat shook from the cold breeze that blew by. My heart sank for her. Was she a product of wedlock? Elaine, if you don't want to share, then don't. It was clear that the topic brought pain to her. So I was trying to avoid pushing her to tell me. No, no, it's alright. It's my life story after all. Elaine paused for a brief moment as she sighed, sending out a plume of white smoke into the air. My mother was from a family with high expectations, and she broke them when she met my father. I came along, and he ran out, and after a few years of taking care of me, she dumped me on the streets as a way to help fix her family pride. Left to fight and live on my own ever since. It was only thanks to fellowship that I was able to survive. Silence enveloped us after Elaine shared a bit of her history. I had only met this girl just a mere 24 hours or so ago. Yet, when I heard how her mother left her as an innocent child with nothing but herself, my blood began to boil. How could a mother leave a little child like that on their own, let alone on the streets of the poor? I can't begin to imagine what she has gone through, yet managed to be this headstrong. She truly is something else. Elaine, I, I was cut off before I can try to comfort her about her past. Don't. One thing I hate is for people to pity me for my upbringing. I may have had it rough, but at least I didn't end up weak like the higher-ups who don't even know how to be human. Elaine leaves my side from the open cart door and finds a cozy corner of crates, dark and hidden from the light of the moon. Drifting off to sleep myself, I'm engulfed in darkness. Nothing surrounds me. No noise. No light. Nothing. Just emptiness. Where the hell am I? My voice echoes in the hollow space. Then, all feels heavy as I plummet to the floor, hitting my face on a hardened surface. Bloody hell. I mutter as I bring myself up back to my feet. Looking around, I see that I'm surrounded by forest. 
Gil? Louis? Elaine? I call out into the open woods. Simple bird songs are my only response. Long time no see, kid. Spinning around, I see a face from the dead. Nova? My voice croaks as I take small steps towards the ghost. My eyes feel wet as a tear runs down my cheek. Nova, is that really you? I never left. She reaches out and I bow into her embrace as I begin to sob. But how? She doesn't answer me as I back away with my hands firmly grasping her shoulders. She feels real, but my mind says this is just a fantasy amid my sadness. She stares in silence and begins to take a few steps back as she wanders off into the woods, making a path through the dirt and rocks. Looking at the ground, I see she doesn't leave any footprints behind in the snow and soil beneath. Right. This isn't real. Sprinting to catch up, I follow her through the winter-covered woods. The light of the sun almost seems surreal and the forest almost magical. But its beauty paired with the quiet songs of birds in its hidden mist made it enchanting nonetheless. Nova, what's going on? Why are we out here? I probed for any type of response, but she remained silent as we walked deeper into the white forest. Reaching some sort of a plateau, we overlook a small valley. Nova stops in her tracks and points downward. I follow her view and see a magnificent palace with Okay, I can get the supplies for you. Vibrant and winter cold. Buckingham Palace? I whisper under my breath. But how did we get here? The palace is nowhere near a forest like this one. Turning around, I look towards Nova, gesturing for an answer, but none is given to me. Hey Hugo, make sure he pays. I jolt awake as the train whistle blows steam into the winter air, causing me to hyperventilate. Reaching towards my heart, I feel the rapid beats coming from my chest. I think back to the encounter from the night before. So she left a message. My mind jumps to Gil and Lewis when I realize that the train stopped. Gil, Gil, a hand covers my open mouth and I am picked up from the floor and taken to a dark corner of the cart. It doesn't take me long to realize who just picked me up. I can feel the rough and worn skin from the hand against my cheeks. Out of our little caravan, only Lewis has those type of hands. He's the only one to have worked in the fossey for many years. Once submerged in the darkness, Lewis let go of my mouth and I let out a heavy breath. Looking around, I see Gil and Elaine in the other corner. Gil was just as confused as I am, but Elaine seems calm, like, like Lewis, as they stare intently into the door. Focusing on the closed door of the cart, 
I try to see what those two see. I can't see anything, but I could hear the heavy footsteps of boots. A conductor. That's what's got them on high alert. They're preparing to run. The footsteps grow a bit louder until the creaking of the opening wooden door allows light to enter the cart. It revealed us from our hidden spots of darkness, but none of us dared move. The conductor whistles a tone as he pulls himself onto the cart, lifting his head to look inside. That's when he sees the four children stowed away on his train. What the... The conductor's stunned face was all that we needed to let us know it was time to go. Lewis runs his first into the conductor, knocking him down to the bottom of the cart, next to the tracks. Time to go! Lewis shouts out as he jumps off the cart, running towards the station. We soon follow, but not long after, another conductor sees us and started a pursuit. Hey, you kids! Get back here! They shout as they gain on our tails. Running as fast as we can, we move around and under another station train, getting scratches on our backs from squeezing underneath them. Big guy, head towards the alley between the bakery and the deli. Elaine orders us as we reach the station. At this point, the conductor is starting to slow down and pant for air. Running into the crowd of people at the train, we force our way through the masses disturbing some of the higher-ups as we shove against them and move through the station. Pardon us. I hear a good shout as we shove against the higher-ups. We made our way through the station into the alley where Elaine had told us to go. We look out to the crowd of the station to see where we're still being chased. The conductor had appeared among the crowd, but he seemed out of breath and confused as to where to run to. With breaths of relief, we release small white plumes of smoke into the winter air. <sighs> well, that solves that, Elaine says as she pants a bit and leans against a brick wall. Hey, I'm not big, got it? Lewis huffs as he sits on the ground. Elaine chuckles at the statement, but she nods in agreement. So, where do we head next? Gilbert asks as he shuffles closer to me, rubbing his cold hands together, giving us a smug look, and then leads us out to the alley into a bustling marketplace. Welcome to Luton. She gestures to the marketplace as it's filled with countless vendors interacting with the higher-ups and middle class, making deals with farmers and other types of vendors. Shuffling our way through the busy marketplace, we admired the tall buildings surrounding us. I had never seen a city as big as this. It had to be at least twice the size of Houston. It was also twice as busy with fancier-looking people, some even riding on strange wagons with no horses to pull them. Come on, just down here. Elaine guides us to a corner shop where a few medical supplies are displayed in the window. But instead of just walking in through the front door, we move to the side of the building where the rubbish is thrown. An old and worn-looking wooden door displays the name of the shop. 
John's hardware and supplies, and worn-out white paint. Elaine looks around her before knocking on rhythm on the door. None of us speak as the sound of the busy market overpowers every bit of sound surrounding us. But a minute passes until the door is opened by a young teen boy with messy black hair and hazel green eyes. Freckles covering his entire face. His expression seems surprised and angered when he sees Elaine. Elaine, what are you doing here of all places? He exclaims in a hushed tone as to avoid drawing attention from inside the shop. Elaine gives a small wave before she replies. Charlie, long time no see, eh? Elaine says with a bit of unsettledness in her tone, almost like she knows she's not supposed to be here. Elaine. Alright, look, my buddy's here and I need some supplies. So... So I brought them here since I knew you could get us what we need without trouble. She exclaims quietly with a bit of frustration starting to rise in her speech. The boy, I mean Charlie, sighs and pinches the bridge of his nose with obvious frustration now showing. Elaine, you know I can't help you out. Not after what happened last- Oh come on Charlie, you can't still be in trouble for that, can you? Yes, Elaine, and unlike you, I have a home that I want to keep. He retorts. That's when she went quiet and I noticed a bit of bitterness rise in her eyes. What happened between them? As I felt the tension around us, it seemed that even Gilbert and Lewis noticed us. They seemed as uncomfortable as me. Elaine stayed for a bit until she let out a heavy sigh and relaxed her tense shoulders. Look, I'm sorry for what happened, but I need your help, Charlie. One of my friends is hurt, so we need some medical supplies to patch him up. Can you please do that for us? The boy remained silent for a bit until he looked at me and took notice of my bad shoulder. Sighing in defeat, Charlie takes a quick peek into the shop then turns back to us. Okay, I can get the supplies for you. Thank you, Char- But, I can only do it during the festival tomorrow night. That's when John is gonna be out, and I can sneak some stuff away while he hangs with his lads. He whispers his plans to us and sets up a location for us to meet. After our plan was set, he went back inside the shop and locked the wooden door behind him. Turning around after the door was locked, Elaine presented herself with a small smile on her face. So, who's up for a visit to the festival? Alright, and that was chapter 15 of Metal Plague. We hope you guys enjoyed. It has been really fun being able to do this once again we have really missed it it's brought us so much joy doing this and actually side note if you guys didn't know already but it has officially been one year since we started story time with Desi, and it absolutely blows my mind to think that it's already been a year how fast the time has gone 
for us to already have our one year anniversary of having this podcast and I couldn't be happier because I started this podcast back in August of last year and it was one of the best decisions I have ever made in my life and it continues to prove its worth by making me smile and making me happy to do this to be able to help my friends find their voice in the writing world and to hopefully soon help other writers get their foot into that door into that threshold that most other writers can't do or are a bit too scared or weary to take that first step and I am glad to be able to help push them and to help open that door for them so that way they can also get their voices heard and get their work recognized for the talent and for the potential that they have as writers and for the writing industry. So a huge shout out for ECTA and the writing club as they would now, hopefully, if they would like to provide some stories for us to share, not to just give us extra content, but to also help them out as well as writers so that we can have the work out there and get a bit of exposure to kind of let them know this is what I want to do and this is the path that's going to give me the happiness that I really deserve in life. So if you want to listen to those stories and see that content, please check out our YouTube channel at Storytime with Desi. It is still the same name under the podcast, but we are thinking of changing that so stay tuned for that and we'll let you guys know if we change that and the reason why we're changing that is because sometime sometime soon we'll release today here soon and maybe our next upload or so we are publishing a second podcast to give a different variety of stories and if you guys would like to know what that is please check out our patreon to see any leaks or any you know big news about it or even check out our instagram at storytime with desi so you can check those two sources our patreon and our instagram to see what the next podcast will hold and what stories will be coming up there so if you enjoyed please let us know and don't forget to subscribe or follow and like the episodes or download them however way you guys want to show your appreciation we accept all the support you guys can give because any bit of support is is telling us that we're doing the right thing and that this is gonna make other people happy and let them know like hey you can do this too if you want to you can be recognized for the person that you are and thank you for all the listeners that have stayed with us thus far and thank you to any new listeners that come by and decide to check us out see what we're up to see what this podcast is about we hope you guys enjoy and hope that you guys will decide to stay with us for quite some time as we do appreciate you guys listening to us letting us know that people are enjoying our stories for what they are so thank you to all of you guys and please once again don't forget to subscribe follow like download or show any type of appreciation or support that you guys can at the time this is your host desi and this is story time with desi and i hope to see you guys soon bye